Harper Audio presents The First Christmas, What the Gospels Really Teach Us About Jesus' Birth by Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan Read for you by John Pruden Preface This book, The First Christmas, treats what may be the best-known stories in the world— The stories of Jesus' birth are the foundation of the world's most widely observed holiday. Christmas is celebrated by the world's two billion Christians, a number about twice that of the next largest religion, Islam. Moreover, because of the cultural and commercial importance of Christmas in Western culture and beyond, it is observed by many non-Christians as well. Indeed, no other religious holiday is so widely commemorated by people who are outside of the tradition that originated it. The idea to write this book about the stories of the first Christmas flowed out of our previous collaboration, The Last Week. There, we treated the last week of Jesus' life as told by Mark, the earliest gospel. From Jesus' entry into Jerusalem to his execution and resurrection, Mark provides a day-by-day account of Jesus' final week. Known by Christians as Holy Week, it is the most sacred week of the Christian year. For more than one reason, this book is an obvious sequel. The last week is about the end of the life of Jesus. The first Christmas is about the beginning. Together, the stories of his birth and the stories of his last week are like bookends that frame the gospel stories of his public activity, his mission, and message. The stories of his birth, as we will suggest, are like overtures to the story of Jesus, just as Holy Week is its finale. A second reason, just as Holy Week is the most sacred time of the Christian year, Christmas is the second most sacred time. Indeed, in contemporary Western culture, and even for many Christians, the commemoration of Christmas exceeds the commemoration of Easter. Because of the importance of Christmas, how we understand the stories of Jesus' birth matters. What we think they're about, how we hear them, read them, and interpret them, matters. They are often sentimentalized, and, of course, there is emotional power in them. They touch the deepest of human yearnings, for light in the darkness, for the fulfillment of our hopes, for a different kind of world. Moreover, for many Christians, they are associated with their earliest memories of childhood. Christmas has emotional power. But the stories of Jesus' birth are more than sentimental. The stories of the first Christmas are both personal and political. They speak of personal and political transformation. Set in their first-century context, they are comprehensive and passionate visions of another way of seeing life and of living our lives. They challenge the common life, the status quo, of most times and places. Even as they are tidings of comfort and joy, they are edgy and challenging. They confront normalcy, what we call the normalcy of civilization— the way most societies, most human cultures have been and are organized. When we conceived this book, we thought we would call it The First Week. Doing so would echo the title of The Last Week and signal that these books are companion volumes, bookends. But our editor wisely suggested that The First Christmas would be a better title. The echo of The Last Week might be missed. Moreover, the birth stories are not about Jesus' first week in the same way that Mark gives us a day-by-day account of Jesus' final week. Instead, we have two chapters at the beginning of two Gospels, Matthew and Luke. 
In each, the two chapters introduce the story of Jesus. They are, as we will suggest, parabolic overtures to the story of Jesus, and they cover more than his first week. They report his genealogy and conception, his birth and infancy, and one concludes with a story of him at age twelve. So this book is about the first Christmas in the sense that it treats the stories of the first Christmas, the nativity stories of Jesus. They are richer and more challenging than is commonly imagined. We are not concerned with the factuality of the birth stories. Though we comment on this issue and controversy in chapter 2, our concern is neither to defend them as factual nor to trash them as non-factual. Rather, we focus on their meanings— What did and do these stories mean? Our task is twofold. The first is historical, to exposit these stories and their meanings in their first century context. The second is contemporary, to treat